1: For now, the horn. Found for midweek movie music. My man Patrick does a great job. Takes songs from a particular soundtrack of a movie that inspired him. Plays them for us for midweek movie music, and we're supposed to guess exactly what the song was. i uh, sorry, what the movie was that inspired him uh, for midweek movie music. Okay, um, hard. I can already see it. It, it feels like a. It's, it feels like it's one. It's my favorite genre of film, which are gangster flicks and mob movies, right? I feel like that's where we are. And actually, there are a couple of gangster flicks and Bob movies that it could be. Oh man! I'm
2: gonna say there's two movies that I think. Go ahead. Because of it. what you led me with, yeah. Because it it's a,
1: the period, the period of it, the period of the songs, yep, yep, yep. and also I, I think it's gangster and Bob and movie. We've
2: seen it multiple times. He did say we've seen it multiple times. Go ahead. It's either gonna be Goodfellas.
1: I like that. Or that's what I was thinking.
2: And this might have been the one where no, that wasn't. it. It's either Goodfellas. Yeah. It is, not good, did, it's not not, it is not good, fellas. It is not good, fellas.
3: You're you're real close though. You were right in that niche. What's Ooh, the one, you're what's right. the one that
1: word? You're It's not casino.
3: It is it casino. That's what I was just about to say. Oh, I was just ow, about to say, really? which is the one where Joe Pesci, it, Joe Pesci got is, is beating up all the you and they're doing yes. the montage of him yes. beating up Beat everybody up and he's like, he's out of control. Yeah. Oh, he is. And yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. they do that montage that's exactly
2: with yeah. Robert De Niro being yeah. like, that's when
1: he lost it. This is the song. That's what
2: I thought. That's what I was saying. Is this where they wrap him Because
1: they're like the true boss of Las Vegas and he kind of walks away. Yeah. And it's Nicky. oh, man. Yeah.
3: Oh, you're right. I and have you're right multiple I've, times.
1: It's like I think it's top five for me. I think I've listened to top yeah, five all time gangster. Yeah, that's what I was like. I movies. know, I know you referenced uh, it on the show.
2: I know you mentioned man. it. Yeah,
1: it, it, started, I, it started, I, I knew it was a gangster flick though. When you when this yeah. song came out, I was like, oh man, it's a gangster flick. Because that song, I think I believe, is on like two. That's what he M- said. He was yeah. like, you're about, to, you're,
2: you're about to get this. Wow, good job. That's why <laughs> yeah. Patrick is the man. And,
3: and this uh, this was somewhat lazy. This is what I had playing last week. We didn't use it last week uh, on the short week, but uh, gotcha. this came out in 1995 on that Thanksgiving week.
1: Oh, so oh man. That's great. I did not know that. Yeah. I, I watch Casino anytime I get a chance. It's one of those movies for me that if it's on, I'm watching Casino. Yeah. Oh, they just no said it was question. in
2: Goodfellas also. It but could the be. one that you were talking but about. All three of those say, songs.
1: It's in it's, multiple. in a guy who loves mob movies, it's, it's in multiple mob yeah. movies. Yes. It's just one of those kind of mob movie songs. That's why it took me immediately to the gangster flicks. Yeah. Oh, that is fantastic. Casino such a great movie. Yep. And based partly on a yeah, true Yeah, so story. when you said based on true story, like kind and of, but not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh man, what a great yeah. movie! Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci at their best. Oh, That's goodness. why I didn't. I didn't want yeah. you to not Sharon get it at Stone. all.
3: Because I'm like, I know you know this movie. Oh. Some of these I play. I'm like, I don't. You may not get them. That's what I figured. Yeah.
1: I've never hated to love Sharon Stone so much. I love to hate her so much. I don't know which one. It it's It's a combo. Oh, she
2: was, was fantastic yeah, she in was that She was really role. good. She was really good. She was
1: really good. Oh man, I'm gonna now. She wasn't thank Michelle you, Patrick. Pfeiffer. Now right. I going to go watch Casino. <laughs> yeah. Tonight I'm gonna put that on my calendar to watch that tonight or somewhere. Oh, what a great movie! That's yeah. what midweek movie is. Uh, midweek movie music is all about. Thank you, Patrick, once again. Uh, you killed it. No, nah, I can't say anything more. All right, uh, you can uh, reach out to him via Twitter. It's at it's Patrick Davis in the in Twitterverse. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. My man Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. I want to talk some NFL here because I think this weekend is one of the best NFL weekends. That we've honestly, you could argue hard. It's the best NFL weekend we've had so far. Yeah, you could make that argument.
2: Besides opening weekend, when everybody's so excited about it, but and everybody thinks they got a chance. That's true. Now you're 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 back into the mix, where it's like, oh, you
1: right about that?
2: Because we were talking yesterday about flexing games out. Yeah, you know which games are going to be at night, which games are going to be in the afternoon. How do we switch it around? They're
1: all good games. (laughs) You got 3 games that pair first place teams head to head. Got Tennessee at Philly, 7 and 4 versus 10 and 1. Love it. Miami at San Fran. Ooh.
2: Love that one.
1: That is a football gasm Ready to happen. Yeah, Miami I ask at you San about Fran, that during my about my Hardox life. My yeah.
2: life is going to be to that game, we can get into that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Miami eight and three, San Fran seven and four. So I we won't get into that. If you will get into hard horse-knock life, you'll get yep, into that, yep, and we we will yep. we'll preview the other games and talk about those. So if you don't yep. get into that, I won't. We won't spoil that for you. Uh Kansas City at Cincinnati nine and two at seventy four. Have we heard whether Jamar Chase is coming back for Cincinnati? They said
2: he's supposed to be there. He's practicing today, and they will let us know.
1: What about Joe Mixon?
2: Joe
1: Mixon, of, is, he's back. He's so practicing bo- today, so too. Both, man. Yeah. So both of your uh, mar, your marquee skill position guys are going to be back for Cincinnati. But, I mean, hell, even last week they looked really good without those guys. So they're rounding in the form coming off of the year where they made the Super Bowl. Uh, so there's three games that pair first-place teams head-to-head. And then go look at the other games that may not pair first-place uh, teams head-to-head, but then they just have a sensational headlines and storylines. Yeah. Yep. Like the Texans. For the first time, the Texans actually have a sexy storyline <laughs> because Deshaun Watson, is a revenge game for yep. him uh, to get back at his old team, but also for the Texans because uh, they would like as if, uh, probably to spoil the debut, if you will, yep. of Deshaun Watson, even though I guess that would hurt them in their tanking efforts. But still, right now they've got the number yeah. one overall pick. Honestly, uh, I, th- I think the Texans could win a game and still have the number one overall pick, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Yes, well, they have a uh, two-game lead in the number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: that's how I know Patrick is stalking his ex. Yeah, yeah. Patrick yeah, has wh- you know who renounced yeah. his fandom for the Texans, who well, is now you know Raiders But you know I know that? How do you, why do well, you know Well, now that? they have
3: a three-game lead on the Raiders. <laughs> right. They had a two-game lead on the Raiders they won last week. That's Why? No, because the Raiders.
1: Oh, that's yeah, true. That's right. All, right. all right. Well, we'll accept that. Because the Raiders
2: are battling for that pick That's as true, well. too. I
1: think he's stalking his ex, though. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that, Patrick. It's all good. It's all good. Um, but yeah, the Texans have a cool storyline there. If you want to follow that, and I, as a Texas fan, of course, will be uh, watching that. Also, even the Cowboys, yes. even though that's not a marquee game, in my opinion, you got Dan Quinn facing his old quarterback, Matt Ryan. Yep,
2: yep. Which yep. is
1: a pretty cool storyline. I like that storyline, too. Um, so it's just a lot of great games. I, you know, I think that you start looking at it right now. I like now, that Commanders Giants because of the I was NFC just East. Just got to say, yeah. two 7 seventeen, yeah. but it looks right now, every team, you point this out. Yep. Every, Every team.
2: team in the in the NFC East is play they would be in the playoffs if the season I mean, if the season ended today. Every team in the NFC East would be in the playoffs. First
1: time in NFL history that would happen if it obviously uh, continued to materialize toward the end of the season. Well, they're going to cancel
2: each other out because they're about to start beating each other up.
1: Yeah, a little cannibalism happening in the NFC beast uh, right now. But let's start with that game because that is a really interesting game. And obviously it has an effect on the Cowboys in their season depending on what happens between these two teams. The Giants are a 5-0 in games decided by six points or less. Washington is 5-2 and two in such games, so this is going to be a close game. This is right. the, uh, for those who don't know, this is the most competitive NFL product we've ever seen. If you look at uh, games within one score, games uh, decided by a field goal, if you look at uh, margin of victory, uh, margin of loss, all those things—they all add up to this being the most competitive NFL season we've ever seen. Yeah. Um. And so, you, how you performing clutch games, and how you performing clutch time uh, when the game is online is big. One thing about the the Giants, though, uh, that I that I I like about them is that man, they can run the ball consistently. I mean, that's really their bread and butter, and they can do it also with their quarterback. Daniel right. Jones. Um, and so I think it may give them a little bit of an advantage in this matchup, but not much, man. Washington's playing really good. But Washington, one thing about them, they haven't had their full complement of defensive players. Chase Young, nobody's talking about it. supposed to make his – he's not coming back, I don't know, this yeah. week. He, he might. It. yeah, But it will be probably after their bye week, which is after this Giants game. I believe they have a bye week after that. They're going to get Chase Young back. Man, their defensive front with Duran Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, is already one of the best in the league. Yeah. When they get Chase Young back, he ain't going to be in this game. Uh so you probably won't see him, but when they do, they're going to be a problem. That is That's going to be a problem.
2: That is the one thing that scary, scares man. me about them, and the fact that Taylor Haneke is coming with that energy mm-hmm. that is getting the entire team fired up. You got Brian Robinson who came back from getting shot. He's out here scoring touchdowns and making plays. Mini
1: men. Which <laughs> definitely upon
2: me. <laughs> and he's coming back out there and, and just balling out. I mean, yeah. he's been very consistent for them. You know, I'm looking at what Ron Rivera is doing, especially with all the outside noise when he, he could have been forced to play Carson Wentz, and he's making that decision Mm -hmm. to not play him and going with Taylor Heineke. I mean, it's a good story for what they've been going through throughout this entire season, but I could care less than the Washington Commanders. I hope they I, I wish neither one of them teams win. I was gonna say yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> one so, one of them's gotta win. It's one of them so, gotta win and it's Play got, it's for a tie. Uh, Do that. But the Cowboys, you know, I think the they have a team right now they beat the Giants already twice. But in yeah. terms of commanders, I don't think the Cowboys have anything to worry about with the commanders. No, they're
2: not really worried about it. Cowboys
1: that. control their own destiny and as long as they don't you know, the fall off and lose focus, mm-hmm. I think the Cowboys are going to be fine. Uh, they, the Eagles, that's the team the Cowboys are worrying about. For sure, because you're
2: still chasing them, and that's, that's why this game is going to be important as the Titans come into Philadelphia, going to the link, and, and they play a 12 o'clock game. But when you look at that game— That's a big game. —and you start thinking about, okay— Philadelphia Eagles. They've been playing a really good football. They they came down this past week, put up a lot of points against the Green Bay Packers, which I thought was like not going to happen. I thought the but Packers
1: the Packers defense, defense is not bad. Their right, offense is bad. Saying, but their defense ain't bad. And
2: I thought their defense was going to play a lot better. But when you look at this matchup, the Eagles are one in five against the money line in the last six games against <laughs> the Tennessee Titans. I like that. They are two and four in spread bets in the last six games against the Tennessee Titans. But the Eagles are five and one in overs in the games against the Titans. Um so this this matchup and right now the line is at the the Eagles minus five and a half.
1: Okay, so, that's, uh, a big, that's a big that's, number that's against a Mike big, Vrabel. Exactly. Against a Mike Vrabel. Where's that game? It's in Philly, though. Okay. It's in uh, Philly, but, it, but you
2: know what does travel? Mm-hmm. That run game. It's true. And I know that they're bringing in Ndamukong Suh and Kinlaw, and they're trying to figure out a way. Linville Joseph. Oh, excuse me, yeah. Linville Joseph. Um, where's Kinlaw at? Do I, do I, uh, I don't know
1: what Ken Love 49ers yeah. still. I don't I'm oh sure. yeah that's what it is yeah, that's I'm why sure. I'm thinking about yeah. that
2: but you sit there and you're saying okay what are they going to do with Derrick Henry I'm also looking out at at uh, Ryan Tannehill. Is this a game where Ryan Tannehill is going to have to make a big play for oh, them? Oh, no
1: question. He you will. know,
2: and, and there's a lot that is on there. Then you go across the field and you're looking at A.J. Brown playing against his former team and trying to Ooh, to make that nice. happen for them, I like that. Revenge too. factor. So there's so many storylines so story man. in every Everywhere. one of these games. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. I, All
3: right, let me throw you this one, though. Give the me, AFC East this week. You have Bills, Patriots. Where tomorrow. the Bills tomorrow? The Bills, Patriots on Thursday night. The Patriots are early two games back. Yes, right now from the lead. Yep. That's a good point. the Bills have not looked great. They're one of the most injured teams in the league right yeah. now, playing on a Thursday where you get a short week to recovery. That's true, and you get Bill Belichick to come in there and try and stu- you know get yeah. some defense up on a Thursday night where it's low scoring. Then you have Miami is going to go play San Francisco in a big game. Yep. The Jets are playing Minnesota. Yep. All the way across the country for that one. Yep. <laughs> and, the, yeah, and the Jets are playing Minnesota. So this is a big week for a, a division that is very heavily contested right now. Right, mm-hmm. And any one of those teams could easily win it.
1: It's a great point, yeah. I talked about the the, uh, the first place team, but you're right. There's a lot on the line for the AFC East um, in terms of these big matchups. Uh, getting back to – because, man, we're going to be breaking down these all uh, week no. long. Because they're, they're all they – got so many different layers. They're all like onions, man. You can just peel away these things. Um, but – You go look at it, the Eagles, what I love about Howie Roseman and what he's done—he is very aggressive. There's a problem; very much he's so. going to immediately address it. Yep. Right? The Cowboy, sorry, the, the the Cowboys have a rush defense issue, and they decided to trade for Jonathan Hankins, and they're making some moves to try to remedy that. The Eagles have a similar uh, run defense issue. They had this actu- this issue last season too. They were 24th in adjusted line yards allowed last season, allowing almost 4.7 yards per carry. That's why they drafted Jordan Davis, yes. the defensive lineman at number 13, and. It it was working, actually. It was paying off for them. Weeks one through eight, the Eagles allowed 6.3 yards per carry um, and 2.5 yards per rush attempt after contact without... Uh, Elliot, sorry, Jordan Davis on the field, excuse me. Uh, And then when he was on the field, that number dropped from 6.3 yards per carry allowed to 4.3 and yards per contact after carry allowed, uh, yards per carry after contact, I should say allowed, uh, dropped from 2.5 to 2.2 with Jordan Davis on the field. So it was really effective drafting him to be uh, that nose tackle inside. He gets hurt in week nine and then their rush defense just falls off a cliff. Wow. 168 rushing yards allowed to the Texans, who are one of the worst offenses in the NFL. And then the Washington Commanders ran up and down the field on them. And their first loss of the season, 152 yards. That's why immediately... They go get Ndamukong the Kingsu. They go sign Linville Joseph. Both of those guys are similar mercenary deals. Their first game against Indy, which is uh, it's a average to below average rushing attack right now. Uh, that was the first game where they didn't allow hundred yard rushing since Week Four versus Jacksonville. Mm. Um, and when Linville Joseph and Nadamukong Su were on the field, the numbers and uh, the rushing attack were extremely e- effective. And uh, it was th- they had Linville Joseph, when he was on the field, only allowed 2.4 yards per carry. When he was off the field, they allowed 5.1 yards per carry. Nadamukong Su, similarly, when he was on the field, they only allowed 3.2 yards per carry, 4.5 yards per carry when he was off the field. So when they get Jordan Davis back, uh, which will probably be week, I don't know, 15 or 16. They'll still have Linville Joseph, still have King Suh. they have a fresh rotation of defensive tackles to help them defend the run. Probably those guys at the same time as well. That will no longer be an issue for the the, the Eagles. It will be tested, though, yeah. all right, to versus the Titans <laughs> because the Titans have yeah. one of the better rushing attacks in the league.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for all of these games, and it was a great point that <laughs> you just brought up about the matchups and how they're going to be able to break them down. But to me, when when you looking at when you look at these games, what do you think is going to be the deciding factors? When you when you sit back and you watch turnovers, time of possession, keeping them off the field, because all these teams are explosive at this point, right? You start looking at the playmakers and who are the ones that you're going to lean on. I'm looking more at the, who's going to control the clock, and whichever team controls the clock, especially late in the season, because what do we talk about? You win with your defense, and you Mm -hmm. win with your running game, especially in these types of games. So – to me, whoever controls the clock and don't turn the ball over are going to be the ones that win the game.
1: I think this season that uh, that definitely applies because... And there's a lot of unders s- that are there too, exactly right? Exactly. Scoring is down yep, yep. Uh, to historic lows. Quarterback play and mm-hmm. passing productivity also down to historic lows. Teams are running the ball more than they've ever run ever. in NFL history. They're more productive in the run than they've ever been in NFL history, partly because the quarterbacks are now adding to the running mm-hmm. game. That's mm-hmm. happening all across the NFL too. And I think it's just the NFL is more competitive now than it's ever been, probably because you don't have that separation of teams that are really prolific and can score a lot of points. Teams are scoring less points, so they're relying, like you said, on the running game yep. more, and they're relying on ball control and defense. That's why I think it's really about matchups, like the Vikings-Jets game, right? The Vikings yep. are 9-2, Jets are 7-4. and Vikings are probably the most unimpressive 9-2 team in NFL history, but they still find a way to win some of these tight games. The biggest matchup in that game is pretty simple. It's Gonna be Sauce Gardner, yep. the rookie corner, who's probably gonna win rookie of the defensive rookie of the year, unless the he gets hurt in the or Big something, 12. or something happens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly, but he's he's balled yeah. right now. He's leading the NFL in passes defended. Justin Jefferson just surpassed Randy Moss yep. for the most receiving yards in the first three seasons of an NFL career for any player in NFL history. Those two guys are gonna be matching up a lot. That is must-watch television just to uh, see those guys matched up to 20 or 30 snaps. They're going to be going head-to-head, arguably the best wide receiver in the game right now. And, yeah, even though he's a rookie, some people say the best corner right now in the game is Sauce Gardner. Right.
2: Oh, he's locking people locking down. Locking it down. Week after week And after Justin week. Jefferson
1: leads the NFL in receiving yards in man coverage and receiving yards on third down. And if you are Robert Sala, you want your money man on their money man exactly. on the money down.
2: The Sauce versus the J.J., you know I mean? the gritty. Yeah. He's going to be over there For real. covering the gritty. Yeah, this is one of another one of those games where you're sitting there and saying who is going to be the impactful player if he is able to lock him down. And, and take that away, which is very unlikely. We all understand that. Yeah. But he, he yeah. we saw what he did against uh, Diggs. Diggs had him shut down, too. Diggs he didn't did not he, yeah. didn't, he didn't get off against him. So if Sauce Gardner can bring a little bit, I think this is why they brought in T.J. Hawkinson as well, to help Kirk Cousins in those situations. Very true. You saw last week's game – he threw it to him like five times in a row near the goal line. He was trying to get mm-hmm. T.J. the ball because of the way that they were guarding uh, Justin on the outside. So this is why you made some of those trades. It is. This is why you made right. some of the moves that you did to to uh, try to help Kirk Cousins in these situations. And also, we talked about a little while ago, they got a doggone good running game with uh, – Cook in the backfield, right. and Matson coming out of the backfield as
1: well. Great story also coming out of New York, guys, with the J-E-T-S, just, 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 Mike White. Come on now. Like, what the hell? Ha- he Picked him up on my
2: waiver wire today.
1: Over 11 <laughs> yards per attempt last week, completed 75% of his passes. In, his, in two of his four starts now, he's thrown for 300-plus yards, Yeah, and it looks like he's trying to supplant. And take the starting job away from Zach Wilson. They he did
3: that last week in terrible weather.
1: Yeah, in terrible and bad, weather. And 31, were, yeah. It was their best offensive output for total yards of the entire season 446. And it was pouring rain. Yep. He might, I, I don't know what's happening there, I, I, but you can't bench Mike White? Not no. right now. Not now. Not right now. No, he's your guy. He's your Zach guy. Zach Wilson
2: keeps standing over there and, and trying to figure out. If you're trying to holler at somebody else's mama, I need you to sit over there and enjoy this ride. (laughs) Stay loose. Stay loose. loose, But don't come over here right now because, again, this is one of those situations where they're not caving to the pressures of that first-round pick. Right? You you went out, just like I said about Washington – it's about victories. It's about wins, man. I want to win. We may not have a team to get to the Super Bowl, but mm-hmm. dog it, our checks look good when we get to the playoffs. Damn right. Get us into the playoffs, and if we have an opportunity and the quarterback is not turning over the football, taking responsibility, because they got playmakers in New York. They do. They went and got guys. Mm-hmm. You know, Garrett Wilson is one of the best up-and-coming wide receivers, and he's continuing to get better week after week. But you got to have a quarterback that believes in him to get him the ball. Even – what is it, DJ Moore or Elijah Moore? One of the Moors. Elijah, mm-hmm. Elijah Moore. He had his best game last week. You know mm-hmm. why? Because they started looking for him. Yeah, Those are the differences. And, and you can get locked in on some in tunnel vision. We've seen it. But you got to make an adjustment and try to help the team. Because if your defense is showing up, because Salah is a defensive-minded guy, if they're going to play good defense, take care of the football for them. Yeah. Let them go out there and help
3: you, yeah. man. Yeah. Now yeah. We'll, we'll see once we get more game film on Mike For White. Sure. It'll For even sure. out some, but I mean, right I don't let, it doesn't look even evening out seems <laughs> a lot
2: better than what Zach Wilson was doing. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. 100%. Absolutely.
1: All right, what you got coming up on Harsh Talk? We're
2: going to talk a little bit about this Dolphin-49er game nice. and the reason why I want to talk about it, I got some audio that I said both of you guys yesterday about Mike McDaniel, but I didn't realize great. him and Kyle Shanahan have been together for 14 years oh. on five different
1: teams. Oh, they go way, back. That's why back. I want to
2: talk to you about it, oh, to yeah. get into the mind and the psyche of those two masterminds when it comes to call and play. Oh, yeah, they
1: go way back like 8-tracks. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll come back right here on Ball Don't Lie, four Down the Horn.
3: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and
2: pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white for but in your own street, my man. There's emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to the midweek movie theme edition of Ball Don't Lie. We found out that it was Casino. That's what we Shout doing out. up in here. Um, my man Patrick Davis doing his thing as always. It's your boy Harbaugh Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at HarbaughHarge. You can follow my man, Rob Babers, at Rob Babers, and you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And we got into some of the conversation about this weekend's NFL matchups, and there's so many good ones. When last week, you know, it was Thanksgiving, so there was a few games that weren't really there. The main games everybody really wanted to see were on Thursday. Then you went into the weekend, and you, there were some if you follow certain teams obviously you were happy about it but there wasn't that marquee game. This mm-hmm. week there's yep. a lot of marquee games and one of the biggest ones that is going to be going on this weekend is the Dolphins versus the 49ers. And to me the reason why this is is so intriguing is because of the history number one, uh the history of the coaching staff and and the relationship that Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers has with Mike McDaniels of uh, the Dolphins and the way that everything kind of went around happening. Because when you heard Mike McDaniels' name, if you weren't really a football guy and you just happened to look at him and you're like, who is this kid that is supposed (laughs) to be the new coach of the Miami Dolphins? And if you hadn't known that he had been with Kyle Shanahan designing and learning and really – being in the lab, so to speak, yep. where they've been coming up with these plays and designing these plays, it has been really impressive to watch how he's kind of taking over that Miami, Miami locker room and the way that the players respond to him. And the record, you know, because everybody was talking about Tua. For a while it was tank for Tua, but then it was like, we got to get rid of Tua <laughs> with the previous staff and what that. they were trying to do, and, and he didn't feel comfortable, and they were giving him the play. They were almost doing him like they did Colt in Cleveland, like not trying to support him in those situations. We gave the stat yesterday in the last sixteen 15 games that he's finished, started and finished, Tua's like fifth or 14 and 1 at one point. So, you know, you start to believe in everything that's going on and I didn't again, I didn't know what to expect from uh Mike McDaniel, but knowing the fact of where he was at with Kyle Shanahan and then you get mm-hmm. you make the the moves that you did. You got Raheem Mostert to come over there, you got Wilson to come from the 49ers by the way which was kind of one of those things where it's my boy so I might be able to hook him up at That's the exactly trade, right. you know but now they're getting ready to play each other one team is 7 and 4 the other one is 8 and 3 dolphins 8 and 3 the, the uh, 49ers are seven and four and they're trending in the right direction the yep. 49ers we talked about it earlier in the week who are you looking at Well I'm looking at Philly and I'm looking at the 49ers and of course the Cowboys so yeah. those are the three teams in the NFC that I think we all are in, agree- in agreement that we are gonna those might be the representatives for the Super Bowl at least one of those two will be playing for the championship yep if you would think that. So as I started looking at this matchup, obviously the RPOs on both sides of the, of the, of the field. You look at the, the playmakers. You got Tyreek Hill, obviously, Jalen Waddell, and as I said, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, who all used to be with the 49ers, not, not all of them, but the running backs used to be with the 49ers. And then you make that move. But you also got to look at what the 49ers have been able to do. The San Francisco 49ers have allowed an NFL low, yards rushing per game, and only they averaged 54 yards on the ground in the last three contests. So the two of the Dolphins' three losses this season, they failed to get over 78 yards. So keep that in Mm -hmm. mind when you're watching the game and you're seeing how all of this breaks down. Then you go over to the 49ers side, and you're like, okay, what's going to happen with the 49ers? You're still dealing with injuries to Elijah Mitchell, so they lost their running one of their running backs for a second MCL sprain oh, no. of the season. He was at like their
1: closer too. Yeah,
2: he was the guy that mm-hmm. you know you start getting or chasing um, McCaffrey around and mm-hmm. looking at Debo Samuel. But the way that they were using him, he was the guy that they would give the ball to to end the game, yep. where they start pounding, pounding, pounding. Well, then you're dealing with that, and then you got McCaffrey who's still having some knee irritation and some tightness as well. So what are they going to be able to do? So now you're getting ready to turn the ball over to Jimmy G. Well, Jimmy G. still has George Kittle, who's starting to become a major part of the offense. You mm-hmm. still have Debo Samuel, that is a major part of the offense, but they're going to need to get some help on the outside as well. Yep. But then you look on the defensive side of the ball for the for the uh, Dolphins. You got Xavier Howard. Who is still one of the best defensive backs in the league, big time player. And then don't forget that they got Melvin Ingram as a part of their team as well on the defensive side. I still feel bad, and we were talking about this a little while ago. I still feel bad for um, Brandon Jones. Yeah. You know, because he was having a good season. Great former year. Te- yeah, yep. former Texas Longhorn was in it doing great things in mm-hmm. Miami, ended up tearing up his knees, so he's out. But again, you got Samuel, you got Ayuk. And you got Kittle that they're going to have to try to stop on the defensive side of the ball. This is one of the most highly anticipated matchups because of the two guys on the sideline. We yeah. know the personalities. We got a chance to see them. We know what uh, Kyle Shanahan is. You, you're best friends with them. Y'all been together for a long yeah. time, so you know how his mind thinks. And then you get a chance to listen. I mean to to see what Mike McDaniel has brought. To this team, but I want y'all to listen to Mike McDaniel oh, on the sideline <laughs> He's with his team. He was mic'd up, and I got this from inside the NFL. And it is, it takes you into the personality. And Rob, we talk about this a lot. If the players believe in you, and you you show them that you care, and you can have a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. They they can understand hard criticism when things aren't right. Yep. But if you come in and all you're doing is being negative, 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 it's hard for them to believe and stop listening to you instead of and start and start listening to you. So listen to what Mike McDaniel and how he relates to all of his team.
4: Do you think my mic'd up um, cares that? Drew, every time he walks on and off the field, takes his glasses off, puts his cameras on. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep, yeah, Georgia is definitely the best SEC school without a shadow of a doubt. Got it. I'm so glad to can't hear me. I'm introducing Armstead every week. Here we go, fellas. Here we go. Fire. Did you just look me off playing catch? It's gonna be fun man enjoy every snap yeah, and just reset every snap yeah. you know what? last night I couldn't sleep so I I was thinking about when you randomly hit me up that you're youtubing me yeah and so then I YouTubed you and heard and saw this Trent Dilfer thing <laughs> showing all this high school from you right and bro your your technique was trash <laughs> you know what I mean? thank yeah. God for bev. What are you talking about? No, no rhythm, no timing. <laughs> that what you talking about? It was cool though, because you could see little elements of like your swag. Um, but you were, yeah, you were stressed out. Woo! You were like, you're all, you know.
1: You heard him. You heard him. Uh, you heard him, guys. I got swag,
4: dude. That's that's you. Do you hear what Tua <laughs> just said? Anybody? It's a dangerous indicator that you don't have swag just told me you heard, guy. You heard those guys. They think I have swag. That's how you name. Know
0: Here they come on third night. nine.
2: Allen running for his life, and he's buried.
0: Love
4: defense. Don't let anyone let up for a second. Wow. There we go. Wow. Hell yeah. Hell yeah! Hey! Hey! That's Tonka by Loa back to the air, quick cross, hill! Going to run through it! Mindset. That was awesome. That was awesome, dude. That was sick.
2: That's what it's all about right there, man. I, I mean, like it's, it's it's beautiful when you have success. Obviously, you, you know, we get to see the good side of mm-hmm. the sideline when you see success. But you can feel it in every single one of their games. Because if you haven't had time to watch them, obviously, this is the marquee game this week. Make sure you take some time to watch the Miami Dolphins. Now, oh, yeah. they may go out there and not be able to perform. And you'll just say, Harge, what are you talking about? But if you get a chance to watch these guys and how they all react to each other, it seems to be a totally different shift in their mindset. And that all goes back to the coach believing in them. Tua is one of the guys that should be in the consideration for MVP because of the numbers that he's putting up and the turnaround that this team has had with him at the helm. And don't forget, he was hurt earlier in the year, Mm -hmm. and they had to go with Teddy Bridgewater for a little bit. And... Once he got back, that team just kind of took off. And so this was a big, big thing for me. And that's why I think this game is going to be huge and probably one of the, the best, not the best game of the day, but probably one of the most watched games of the day as yeah. well.
1: No, I can't wait for it. It's it, it's definitely the one, it's my top priority this right. NFL weekend. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's to make sure that I watch that game. Me and my, my wife is a 49er fan, so we're we'll building yeah. our weekend around it. Right. And... I'm going to I'm gonna pick the 49ers only because the defense is really good. Correct. they got to go up against the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. Yep. Nobody's got a wide-receiving duo better it's than Tyreek Hill and Jalen Wallace. Exactly what it is. Yep. It Mike McDaniel built it that way, even yep. with a lot of pieces from the 49ers. Yep, exactly. Raheem most so you know they know each other, but Shano... When he knows a coach really well that have that he's coached with for a long time, like Sean McVay, all right, like like Matt Lafleur, all right, yep. he coached with those guys for a while. When he faces them, he's got winning records versus both nine and yep. four versus Sean McVay. He owns Sean McVay except Ooh. for the one year that Sean McVay won the Super Bowl. He probably should have. He wished he'd have won earlier. But his DB catches, I was the, say, interception, if catches
2: the interception. He's he going owns that right too. That's right.
1: And he's three and two, I believe, versus Matt Lafleur. He usually has the upper hand, but I'll admit, Mike McDaniel, I was told by those close to my man Shano, and Shano was always very complimentary of Mike McDaniel because he was with him even when he was with the Texans. Yep. He, like was back with the, he was with all five he of his stops. The, yeah, when he was with the Texans, he was yep. with, so they go way back like 8-tracks. He's always been very complimentary. I would describe him as the—we're So we're talking about mob movies and stuff like that. He was the consigliere mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Shano. Shano was, the, Shano was the boss. He was the don. Like, yep. right, because makes all the calls. Right? Even John Lynch, he can't do nothing without Chanel approving of it. Um, he's the consigliere. A lot of people said that he was like second in command in terms of that offense. Yep. That he was in all the meetings, and Chanel trusted him uh, wholeheartedly and he lost them, and it was a big loss for him. They're still going to be all right, but it was a big loss.
2: Yeah, they seem to be doing okay. They're starting to find their strides, but you're right. This is going to be one of those matchups because it's the pupil versus the teacher, right? Mm -hmm. You're sitting there with each other. Y'all spinning there. Y'all drawing up plays. Y'all are designing different shifts, and that's another thing, too. you got to look at the pre-snap motions. This is going to be a lot of that in this game, too. So it's going to be. And this is going to be one of those games for the ages, and I can't wait to watch it this weekend. And don't yeah.
3: forget, D'Amico Ryan's was there cold. during all Mike McDaniel with the 49ers as well. That's right. So a slight edge to the 49ers that the defensive coordinator knows Mike McDaniel Yo, as think, well. I think
1: D'Amico Ryan might have had some. When was he? Was he with the Texans back then? He was. He was probably playing. He was, he was playing. probably so he playing. This is a like way, way. Man, there's so many great storylines and stuff this weekend. Every time I think about like Mike McDaniel being with the Texans, I can't help but think about Think about guys. There was a time period. I know we were up against it. There's a time period, guys, from like 2006 to 2009 where the Texans had a chance to basically turn one of their uh, developmental projects as a coach into their, their, their future coach-in-waiting or something of like that regard. They had on the staff at the time Robert Sella, Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan, mm-hmm. and, Matt LaFleur, and Matt LaFleur all on the staff at the same time for, for like three years. Yep. Never saw the potential. Let them all walk. Yeah. Mike Vrabel was on the staff too. Yeah, you talking about it. Mike Vrabel yeah, was that's over that's there. That's right. Yeah, that was a, that was
3: a team where DeAndre Hopkins didn't see the potential. <laughs> you know, so like, I, don't, yeah. I don't, I don't get to, I don't think they're going to go that far into it. You <laughs> of those?
1: You're going to snag one of them? Come on, man. You're like five yeah. great coaches all there. You going <laughs> them all leave because you wanted Bill O'Brien really bad or whatever it was. All right, sorry. All right. Anyway, that's you wanted
2: David Culley. Oh my goodness. All right, let's get to the
1: off the record. Uh, what is your favorite? Conspiracy theory, because Aaron Rodgers has a lot of them. Right here on oh, Ball yeah. Don't Lie on nine, The Horn. dd Mega doo I'm sorry, mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen.
3: Well, I don't get, I get a break, day and comb.
0: Well, congratulations. Continue. Good sex in the sex in the big east. Thank you,
4: Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do it live! The thing sucks.
1: All right, welcome back to uh, Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 on The Horn. All right, I don't want to waste time because I know we're up against it because we got some audio to go with this off the record. Okay, so Deshaun Kaiser was on a podcast. I'll give you the podcast after we hear the audio. But he was on a podcast, and he was telling a story about when he first got to the Green Bay Packers, and it was a story that revealed a uh, maybe an unsettling little story about Aaron Rodgers. How let Deshaun Kaiser tell you? Hear this
0: shut the door and the first thing that Aaron Roger that comes out of Aaron Roger Aaron Rogers mouth was do you believe in 911 <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> do i believe in 911 <laughs> yeah i mean why why wouldn't i he was like you should read up on that <laughs> you should read up on that okay <laughs> now we start learning about the playbook and stuff I'm like wow like I don't know where this yeah. is going but what it ended up being was just like a, a real thought experiment where you wanted me to go back and you know look into some of the conspiracies around it and provoked a lot of great conversation and we really bonded over that and you know we started sharing some books and talking about some other things and got into history and business and finance <laughs> you have any other about conspiracy things? Uh, <laughs> inner earth moon landing the moon? Oh, he's probably, he's, he's probably okay. got some crazy theories on the moon. Yeah, land. Reptile people. <laughs> Y'all are laughing. Go do your research. Yeah. I'm telling you. Go do your research. <laughs> yeah, I might have to take you guys to a <laughs> I'm telling you. Do your research. You guys are laughing. This isn't. It, it sounds like jokes, but like I'm. I'm, I'm...
1: Okay. All he right.
2: Said, so he said. Y'all think I'm joking? Think yeah. I think uh, Aaron
1: Rodgers made him a true <laughs> yeah, believer. Exactly. In, okay, so what's your favorite conspiracy theory? I, I think mine is probably what America's favorite conspiracy theory is. It's JFK it, it has and the to plot. Be. But and the truth is. I don't even know if it's a conspiracy theory anymore because most Americans believe that was a plot to assassinate JFK. So, other than the JFK assassination, what's your favorite one? I'll probably go uh, Area 51. That I was kind about of stuff. to say UFOs are UFOs really Fools. cool because now, Ameri- uh, now the American government actually acknowledges what they call uh, uh, aerial UAPs, UAEs, UAPs, UAPs? UAPs? U- unidentified aerial, aerial phenomena. Yeah, so now yes. it's a different it's a different yeah, term for it's UFOs, a but, it's a, but they acknowledge that. They yeah, don't I'll, know I'll know tell UFOs you about anymore. that
2: out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there but the best no, no. monster for me. Oh, that was a good one. I, that was always a good one. Yeah. I just That's my favorite one.
3: thing now is listening to conspiracy theory, where people will lay out facts of stuff that other people made up. Like, that always <laughs> they try make it like, and theirs, they go, no, right? that's a yeah. sign of them things, and you go, well, who told you it was a sign? like, well, 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 that guy. Like, well, that, that doesn't mean anything. Y'all <laughs> yeah, just made it up, and because someone else agrees with you, you're like, well, that's a
1: fact. That's how facts work. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you on that. That's not a conspiracy. The conspiracy theory to me is actually uh, kind of a, 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 what we see as an uncertain truth. Almost, right? It's something yeah. that we collectively can agree on, but we just don't have all the facts to it. The JFK is actually, we agree that we have no idea that if uh, basically he acted alone or not, if Lee Harvey also acted alone or not, if it's known none. But most people believe there was a conspiracy theory behind it, and there are a lot of facts that just don't add up.
3: I'll tell you the bigger conspiracy facts theory. Facts that don't add up. The bigger one is that all these conspiracy theories are started by the government to keep you off of what they're really doing. What's, what are they really doing? They, oh, just really awful stuff. <laughs> <laughs> really, really awful yeah, stuff.
1: If these are the conspiracy, what are they really doing? This yeah. is a conspiracy it really theory. Just it st- gets worse. They're
3: stealing a lot of the money. the moon yeah.
1: landing hoax. People are really into that one too. Yep, yep. Flat Earthers are now coming back for some reason. I've never been on the flat. They Earth talk thing. to Kyrie. They, they talk come to Kyrie back every
3: Thanksgiving and Christmas. Come back at the dinner table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what I did? I did some research. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you did. No, you did. You read. You one. read. You you watch
1: YouTube videos. That's not research. Exactly. Yeah. No, I actually. Like doing the research on it, and then most of them you'll get debunked. But some of them are All pretty right, compelling. Let me ask
3: you this: When you do research on a on a NFL player, and you see a video on it, you say, "Don't you then go check stats yes, and other actual I try to get things? Because you want facts,
1: documents, or yeah. documents from credible sources? Try try that right. that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I started off the show jumping on the grassy knoll on the conspiracy theory that the Big Twelve just don't like Texas. We'll come back and tell you exactly why. On the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie on one hundred not the Horn.